Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode number 34 in the book of 1 Timothy. I'm going to title today My Favorite Things because I'm going to talk about my favorite things in at least the first three chapters. We're going to look at this intimate, cautioning, encouraging book of Paul to Timothy, and I'm going to kind of summarize this as best I can, at least for the first three chapters. Um, Point number one, go find a Timothy that's about 20 years younger than you, and go find a Paul who's about 20 years older. You can hear this conversation that they're having here, and both have something to teach you. Point number two is... First Timothy is a book about disaster, at least the warnings of disaster. There's this opposing group around Timothy with bad thinking, bad doctrine, bad teachers, bad behavior, and he's warned, don't swerve from the truth. Don't make a shipwreck of your faith. Don't peer yourself, pierce yourself by loving the wrong things. So there's a lot of cautions in this book. Number three, keep the main thing the main thing. Christ came in the world to save sinners, and I, Paul is the most foremost. He's the number one sinner. He reminds Timothy to believe in him for eternal life. Remember, this is a rescue operation and you're valued enough to rescue. Number four, we have a response to this and that's to give him glory and that's to bend all of us into into him. Bend our understanding, bend our attention, bend our heart, bend our knees to him. That's him, That's giving him glory. Number five, this sounds kind of difficult. There's some definitely some difficulty in the spiritual walk, but it's kind of like the second most difficult thing. What could be worse? Well, make a shipwreck of yourself and then know that you did it to yourself. That that's that's work. So yes, it's hard, but the alternative is worse. Number six, God desires all people to be saved. It says that in two four. Uh, if that was the only thing you knew about God, that'd be a good place to start. You know, and the, I guess the bad news in that is not all people start as saved. In fact, nobody starts as saved, and everybody needs to be saved. So, but God's character is such that He desires all people to be saved, and then He makes a ransom available. So, not just does He desire it, He makes it uh, accessible. Number seven, God cares about His church, and this is a big theme through throughout chapters uh, two and three of. Uh, First Timothy, God cares about people of his church. He cares about gender roles. He cares about history, what happened in the Garden of Eden. This isn't humanity's first day. He cares that the church is effective and authentic, and he wants it to thrive. That's kind of chapter two. And then number eight, chapter three, is this qualifications of elders. You know, when when the police come to your door, when the doctor calls you up with biopsy results, who who's going to be your next call? Um, so he talks about the qualifications of the person on the other end of the phone, which is pastors. There's 15. They're hard. They're comprehensive. There's pu- they're public stuff and there's private stuff. So if you're asking, hey, if only God would tell us what kind of men he wants, to, wants us to have pastoring over us, well, look no further than chapter 3. And then we are blessed to have such men and then the, the the corollary is is because most of those things are just plain old just being a a good Christian. Uh, are we ready to be such men and and women? All right, number nine. One of the unique things about being a pastor, elder, overseer, teacher, leader—those are all one office. 
um, is that it should be accompanied by a man who has studied the word and submitted the word and uh, been sobered by the word. But that should result with him being shattered upon the word. It should be he should be the the most sinfully aware person um, in the congregation, and he should end up as a silenced person. That is, with his hand over his mouth because of the holiness of uh, of God. That's what exposure to the Bible should should give you. Then you put all that together, you get a good teacher. All right, number ten. For the potential elder, uh, what's true in your house is true in God's house. And, and he talks specifically about submission of, of children, teaching submission as a life skill. Remember, that's the voluntary attachment under a designated person in a designated role that demonstrates the posture of an internal adornment before God. And if you get this and if it can be demonstrated in your home, you might be a good you might be a good uh, a pastor, candidate, elder person. You're going to need that life skill uh, in students and soldiers and workers and Christians and citizens. Um, We're going to need that everywhere. All right, number 11, again, back to the caution things. He cautions Timothy. Now, he's Timothy's going to be the next generation of, of pastors. And he says this, there's kind of three categories of things to watch out for. Pride in 3.6, profit in 6.5, and power. Pride, profit, and power. Those are the pitfalls of pastoring. A lot of peas there. Remember, Paul is, is warning Timothy in the beginning of his ministry. All right, number 12. Just admiring the church of God, that, that happens uh, in First Timothy as well. Why should I go to church? Is it to hear the message? Uh, you know, part of, partly yes. Uh, but what makes church so very special is, isn't the building, and, it, and in a sense it isn't, isn't the message. It's the assemblage. Why? Because God is indwelling every other person in that church. So we don't find God anymore in temples or in uh, nations or in cities, we find God in people in a unique way. So if all you get out of the church is, hey, I like the message, you're uniquely missing the main thing, which is it's the assemblage of God, the indwelt God that universally manifest him. All right, the final thing I want to say today, uh, in, in my favorite things here today, is from 316. Uh <clears throat> Before that, I just want to say, if if you if you leave the fellowship, if you miss out on the assemblage that we talked about in number twelve, there, if you rip out of the out of your hands the fellowship of God, you're basically ripping yourself out of the hands of God. All right, next, Jesus came in a way that we could understand, in a body that we were familiar with, in a world that we occupy, and amidst troubles that we understand. But something is required of us. He asked just one thing of us, and what is required of us is to believe what was required of him. So he requests that what was required of him be agreed upon by us. It's a great thing that we have before, before us, and let's confess it here today. Thanks for listening. Come back tomorrow for the chapters 4, 5, and 6 review and the favorite things in those chapters. Go find a Timothy. Go find a Paul. Thanks for listening.